we, whether it be in life or in the church, you come in and you expect for the leadership, you expect for somebody, a friend, the leadership, um, an usher, whatever it is, to be the one to make you feel better. And, um, you know, it, it's a wonderful thing. We can rely on Greg. We can trust Greg. But even though, um, and yes, I am one of the, I am the co-pastor of the church. But God wanted to teach me something in my most vulnerable, there's nothing more vulnerable. Oh, let me put it this way. Greg is a warrior. He's extremely strong. I don't think anybody doesn't know that. There is something that tra- changes dramatically in this man when he has the flu. <laughs> when he has the flu, he is unrecognizable. Um, as this warrior that I know that he is. And yet I do see his strength. But what I'm saying is, is this particular, you know you have your Achilles heel? Boy, oh boy, flu. Flu is a tough one for him. And um, so needing his leadership, needing his encouragement in the last 24 hours was absolutely absent. Um, and the interesting thing is, is it's New Year's Eve. Brooke went to be with the teens, which is so great. Uh, Yvonne really needed me. and But she needed me in the light so that there could be a game or she could do her new Lego toy uh, project. Um, Greg needed me in the dark because the light bothered him and he didn't want to be alone. So I am doing this juggling act to try to make sure that both of them have the most pleasant evening possible. And it was just really interesting because that was another thing that um, perhaps it was just an excuse, but I I was like, I can't, I'm distracted in the environment where Yvonne needed me, and yes, I could sit beside Greg to be with him and study and you know go over some verses, but he needed it all dark. And so I thought, okay, I can't do that either. So it was just, it was just an interesting pull that was going on. But sometimes um, when we don't have who we think we need to lean on, God is trying to teach us that he really needs to be our all-sufficient God. And um, be thankful for the body of Christ. Be thankful for friends and for family to encourage you when you struggle. But if we don't learn to go to God alone, if we don't learn how to war in the spirit by ourselves and how to decree, 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 like some of you that read Lana's Prophecy about that, um, that uh, I started doing that and I knew I needed additional help this morning for the decreeing, but um, I wanted to go back and clarify something I said before the communion. Yes, don't take it unworthily, but use the time in the music, in the worship, to get it right, because I think I didn't want to lead you astray when I said, you know, go ahead and don't take it. Because this morning, my first reaction in my flesh is, I can't go. There's something, there's a heavy, oppressive spirit of isolation that comes upon a person when they're going through a difficult time. Or when they believe something that God said that, that they are misunderstanding because we know God is not a liar, you know. John chapter 8 tells us that Satan is the father of lies. He is a liar. Um, God is not. And so clearly sometimes we make assumptions that put us put God in a box. And when he's not fitting in our box, we then say, well, God, you let me down. And so anyway, that was all just kind of going through my head. And um, But I, uh, I really, you know, I just needed to start decreeing, decreeing, decreeing. And um, when you can't, when you're not right uh, in a place where you can surrender and take communion, use the time before that to confess and to get right. Don't just decide, well, I just, I guess I just can't take it then because I just, you know, 
Well, you might not be ready. You might not be worthy at the moment, but that's why we give you that, that song time to just pray and to worship and to just say, God, if there's anything, you know, Psalm 139, 23, 24, search me, O God. Those are the verses you have to do uh, and then confess it before the Lord. Um, I, I First person I texted this morning was Wendy. I put her on notice about praying, and so just stay on that notice because I'm going to call on you in any second <laughs> as the Holy Spirit leads. My, my head was flooded with various things that... Um, in, in misreading, and, I, and I'm truly, knowing that Greg's getting sick, some of you might go, how did you not, if he was sick for 24 hours, how did you not think that you might be up here this morning? Well, that's, again, misreading God's word. God came and he spoke to us in our meeting yesterday morning and said, you won't be sick for very long. And I immediately went into the assumption that it would be later that day that he would be fine, that it would break, because we knew that it was oppression. It was a very strategic time for him to get sick and to be attacked in this way. I made the assumption that he'd be fine later in the day, and so I didn't. I had, I had my, my basic lesson ready for the ladies' class next week, and I was just doing my own worship. But I didn't have any you know, sense of a backup for, um, for an actual message. Uh, and yet at the same time, though, when you're really in a place of worship, you always, Holy Spirit will always give you something. So, um, so for those of you teachers and leaders and future teachers and leaders, just know that you really do have something. You just may not be comfortable in your flesh with it because God, he's just not going to fail us. Um, and so I remembered that yesterday, New Year's Eve morning, I read this. And I want to read this to you again according to um, some of what even Brooke had said about worship. I exalt you before, and this is a, this is a prayer of praise to God. Okay, now it's, it's actually scripture. It's actually all scripture. Every sentence and nugget and concept is taken from scripture. And what this does, I highly recommend it. Ruth Meyer's 31 Days of Praise. It gives you the exact references in the order that they're spoken in the paragraph where you find it. And it's just very powerful. But it says, I exalt before you because you are eternal and never changing in your truth, in your attributes and in your attitude toward me and all your loved ones. I'm so glad that your persistent tenderness binds my heart to you forever. That you who began a good work in me will carry it to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. You are utterly faithful and will finish out what you have set out to do. You will not abandon the work you have begun. Thank you for giving us priceless promises. You know that from James. Beyond great measure. Promises that apply to your work in me, in my loved ones, in my situations, in my service, and in the whole world. And not a single word of your good promises has ever failed. I glorify you because no human problem, however hopeless or impossible, is too hard for you. Jeremiah. You are able to give life to the dead and to call into being that which does not exist. We need that word this morning. Do not, I, so I need not stagger at your promises or waver in unbelief. What you have promised, you are able to perform. Ephesians 3.20 To you who are able to keep us from falling and to present us before your glorious presence without fault and with great joy, to the only God our Savior be glory, majesty, power, and authority. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. A story is told of uh, a young boy who had, um, was asked by his grandmother, what would you like for Christmas this year? And he just had his heart set on this fantastic 
and unique stamp collection. He got interested in stamps and um, just really was excited about this. And so he gave the information to his grandma, who did not live local to him. She lived several hours away. And uh, he said, well, Grandma, this is really the main thing I want. And so his grandma wrote him a letter and said, I, this sounds great to me. I'm going to absolutely get you this for Christmas. So when Christmas time came, he started the week before to begin to look in the mail because he knew that it would be shipped to him. And he began to look in the mail and each day, hoping that it would be there because his grandma really had never ever sent anything late before. And uh, so each day he looked and it wasn't there and it wasn't there. And then Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, of course, is a holiday, so by Christmas Eve, it wasn't there. And he was heartbroken. He just thought, okay, what's happening? Did my grandma not want me to get the stamp collection? She said she'd get it for me. I mean, it would have been okay. I could have asked somebody else for it, but she said that the stamp collection was what she would choose to get for me. And I even gave her the information. She knew how to get it. Well, he didn't know what to do, and so he asked his mom. He said, Mom, what do I do? Grandma said she would get me the stamp collection, and it's not here. And now, it's the day after Christmas, I still haven't gotten it. And his mother said, don't bother Grandma with it. That would be rude. I'm sure something happened. You just need to trust. You'll find out soon enough what happened. We'll be seeing her soon. You'll know soon enough. Just wait. That was not the answer that he wanted. He wanted an immediate resolution to why his stamp collection did not come because he had gone an alternate route to try to get it. But he left it in the hands of his grandmother because she said, I'm going to get you the stamp collection, the very one you want. Well, a couple of days later, he got a letter from his grandmother. And she said to him, Honey, I just want you to know that the moment I told you that I was going to get you the stamp collection, I ordered it, I paid for it, and then they let me know that it was temporarily sold out, but that as soon as it came in, it was going to be shipped directly to you. But please know that from me, your gift was granted immediately, because I didn't delay even a day. I paid for it, I ordered it, and sent it on its way to you. But I found out that it was going to be a little bit late because of the the stock being out. And that boy was so relieved to think that, okay, things like this happen, but my grandmother did not let me down. She did exactly what she said she was going to do. We know that's similar to the story of Daniel, when he had to wait and was held back with the warfare (coughs) 21 days. But it reminded me that God's word never fails. I would dare say that until proven otherwise, and and when I say proven otherwise, we'll know very, very soon. But I even believe in the natural, in the human realm. We know things are done in the spirit realm before. There's nothing, by the way, in the human realm that takes place that doesn't doesn't have a first start in the spirit realm, just so you kind of know that. Um, And I've experienced that in my own life with with healings. I mean, you know, the Lord spoke that my stomach was healed past tense, and I was still manifesting these problems. And that was one of the first times I started wrestling with that. And, and when I say wrestling, 
it was a fight. Like, okay, Lord, you know, I'm healed. I'm healed. You know, and you want to start dis- dis- discerning and, and, and fighting over each little definition of the word. But it was, yes, it's healed. But God, as I said Tuesday, he doesn't, Tuesday before last, he, he's not a God that puts band-aids on you. He, a band-aid is not, a band-aid is, satisfies us a lot of times because of the impatience of our flesh and our humanity. But God is not interested in that. Jehovah Rapha is a fully, thorough healer. He will heal fully and thoroughly. Um, and so, he, when he said I was healed, what I didn't realize is that there were, there were manifestations because of what I didn't yet get in the spirit realm and in the courts of heaven and all of that dynamic that he began to show me. And as I, as I began to walk in authority, he healed me. And like I said that Tuesday, um, but, but Satan was beginning to lie and come against that reality and attack. If you don't think that the enemy can attack you physically, well, first of all, Greg is in bed right now to prove that. There just is. doesn't mean that every time you sneeze, it's a demon. I realize that. I'm not saying that. But there are, if you don't think, though, that Satan can attack the human body, well, then you've certainly never read the story of Job. Okay? It, it happens. He absolutely can attack the human body. And, um, and there, are, uh, there are various reasons and testings uh, for that. And again, that is the story of Job. But... Um, but I, uh, I just, in this particular case, I know that even in the natural, God has done what he said he's going to do. Um, and um, when he said that we will be in the building in 2016, um, I believe we're going to find out that everything needed to be in it was accomplished by yesterday. Um, it's not manifesting to us, but then isn't it interesting that when and how and where the holiday fell? Um, you know what I mean? Like the holiday fell on a Saturday, Sunday. And so if it fell on a Tuesday, then we might know by Thursday. See what I mean? So, so I do think that um, there is more, you know, right now, if, if nothing else, one of the things that hit me, even though I really rejected it in my heaviness this morning, is that the Lord was saying, yay, today I'm giving you... A greater opportunity to win, to win treasures in heaven by challenging your faith. I gave you another faith day, and I gave you a really, really difficult one so that you get greater treasure. So he gives us opportunities to please him when we see them as challenges. And of course, um, you know, Scripture tells us to not be surprised at the fiery trials that we will um, be faced. But it does build in us an endurance. And it builds in us a challenge. And so with that endurance that's built, um, when you struggle with depression, when you struggle with discouragement, when you struggle with confusion, you have this expectancy and you want to think that your grandmother never even really cared and that maybe she just lied to you and she just said, I'll send you the stamp collection. Or maybe she has Alzheimer's and said that she would, but really didn't even know what she was saying. I mean, all the ways your brain wants to reason with with you. Remember that we have to take the steps to what Jesus said and that is to take all authority, decree, um, speak out truth against the enemy. He will come after every single thing that we begin to claim, and he will twist it and tell you exactly the opposite. Every time Jesus says, I love you, Satan's there to say, not really. Or not in the way that you really need. Or, yes, he loves you if you act right, but as soon as you screw up, he's out of there. You know, he's there to... So, 
our ability to endure and to um, build that perseverance is, is really based on the word. We got we got to have the word in us. The word in us will level out the scales. You've got you've got truth. You've got lies. The more truth you have, the more ability you have to to be stronger, weighing down with strength to when the lies come. If you don't have the word in you, the lies are just going to weigh you down, weigh you down, weigh you down. You'll have a little bit of truth, but you'll just have a whole heaviness of lies because you'll believe that. And so um, I want to encourage you that um, there will be times um, that, like with me even in the last 24 hours, that my human rock is just not there for me. Not because he doesn't want to be. He just was not able to be there for me. How well do you do? You know, are you the friend? Are you the person in your relationships that always needs the ear? Oh, I just need to share. I just need to dump this on you. I just, I just need you to be there for me. Is it reciprocal? Are you, do you have the strength? Do you have the strength in the Lord to be the shoulder for them? The godly shoulder? It's a good, healthy thing to, to do as a check sometimes. Because sometimes we need people there for us. And guess what? When they're not there for us, you know what Satan says? He says, okay, everybody's letting me down. Just go. Just You can justify sinning. You can justify that attitude. You can justify that doubt. You can justify all that because they're not even there for you. Your pastor didn't even show up. How dare him have the flu? You know what? You don't even need to keep coming to church anymore. You know? I mean, there's weird things that we say when human people in our lives let us down. But I know that God gives us these things to find out who we really, who he really is to us. And um, I feel like the Lord is, you know, he reminds me, I know you trust me, but I need you to trust me in such a full way. And, and until you are tested in that way, you won't be able to. It's not even possible for you to trust me. You want to, you know. But it's not possible until that's been exercised, until that's been strengthened. I know of people that have wanted to run a 5K. They've wanted to do Ironman. It doesn't work out so well unless they're trained. They they can have all the mindset and the willpower in the world, and they'll go and they'll go, and then snap, hamstring, gone. Because it was never exercised. There was never any training in that. So all the fiery trials that we go through, and Rick alluded to that as well, we... We are the ones with the machete in the, in the front of this, this, this thick. And, and really, I would dare say, we're probably not even in the middle. You know, This building, um, somebody said it yesterday in the meeting, and thank you for those who ever said it. I think it was Ruth. This is just the beginning, really. The real believing of what God's going to do is in the masses and masses of people that he's going to bring to us. The only reason he's given us a building is because we need some place for these masses to come to. So the building is kind of like a side insignificant, like, yes, it's significant, but it's like, that's not some big, wow, that's a need. That's a need. We need it. We need it. He didn't call us to a, a camp, uh, camping area, you know. I mean, it'll still be wow. But, but it's really going to be the building where the flow of people come. We don't need a building without the people. And that's another part of our faith. Because right now you're going, uh, have you seen how many people are in ignition? We don't need the building we, because of these people. Well, the real faith is believing that these people are coming. That's really where the faith is. Because if you believe the people are coming, then the building is easy to believe. And that really helped my perspective. Because it's weird. I really have never, ever wavered on those masses of people that we're going to reach. But there's something about standing in front of the Marrow's Road building 
And looking at the enormity of it, it's like standing in front of an actual Everest and going, okay, what, you know, what do we do next? It's just overwhelming. Um, depending on the personality you have. Other people look at it and are like, yay, this is so huge, I just can't wait. You know, it all depends on where you are. And Greg has that gift of faith. He has had so many visions about the things that God's going to do in the building and all this stuff. And sometimes I just pull him down uh, to just just for a few minutes because I don't want him to be, you know, dwelling in a swamp land. But I just pull him down to where my mind is and say, just be with me for just a moment. He's like, okay, okay. And then he pops right back up. But it's going to be awesome, and it's great. And then I realize that, okay, I need to be careful. That is his gift. And, um, and I can speak into some of the realities, but that is a true gift of his. You know, but the cool thing is, is um, he has a gift of faith, but you know what? I have a measure of faith, and it's growing, and it's been stretched even this morning. But God can use even a mustard seed. So you don't have to have someone else's faith. You don't have to have someone else's gift. You don't have to have someone else's ability. You just have to have a yes in your spirit and in your heart. And then let God do the rest. Um, He has spoken, um, you know, here we're waiting for the building. Some of the other things that he's spoken over have been incredible. But one thing I wanted to, um, to do is I wanted to just remind you, you know, when we look at the story of the children of Israel in the wilderness and why they kept complaining. One of the biggest reasons they kept complaining is because they kept forgetting what God had already done. What was in front of them became such a huge problem. But God, why not this? But God, why not that? And I don't want you to just think of it as a church body. That's, that's part of it. But some of you in your own life, you're thinking, okay, yes, I know God did these things. But this, this is in front of me right now. Whether it's your health, your relationship, your money, your, you know, Family issue, somebody you're burdened for, a decision that you have no clarity on, whatever it is, it's right now, it is such a focus, and that's where Satan's tactic gets us thinking about just the obstacle instead of what God did through the whole time. And so, as I was thinking back, I thought, man, the, I thought, I don't even have time to read through the journal. But God gave me some things that He reminded me of that He spoke over me. When He spoke to me about Africa, you know, that just seemed like an absurd. To just speak into my going was absurd. Then to speak into why, because I finally was like, okay, I, I, I believe you that you want me to go, but now I need you to tell me why. You know, and then I need you to confirm it 107 times. <laughs> but he, when he said why, everything of the why, he actually did in Africa. I remember the moment when the love flooded over me for those people, and that was what he told me. He said, you're going so I can show you how much I love those people. He did exactly what he said he would do. And I hope you have journals, things that you can go back, and when you forget what God has done in 2016, sometimes the focus is what he's not yet done. But what has he done? Um, Because that will help and encourage you to see that, okay, if he's done it before, you know, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And quite frankly, that's that's the very crux of what cessationists get hung up on, is God only did it back there. He, he doesn't do those things now because we don't see them. And, um, and yet, we, we need to just believe. If he did it before, he'll do it again. You know, you can't just say, well, yes, he did it before, but that doesn't mean he's going to do it now. That's what stops the gifts flowing in the churches, is that he didn't do it before. And, and, uh, and if you believe any of the uh, validity of some of the prophecies that we've heard, um, the Lord reminded us uh, through Lana that... that uh, 
some of the ways he will manifest, some of the ways he will speak will be fresh and new, even yet still. Um, now, he anchors everything in his word. And so, again, when you know the word, these things won't scare you. Go to the word. That's the sure foundation. But, um, but it, will, it will encourage you. There is one scripture I want you to turn to um, and just look at with me. And it's in 1 Kings 9. Excuse me, 8. 1 Kings 8. This is um, when Solomon was dedicating the temple. And I just thought this was very interesting because my flesh says it's unfortunate that we have to have a Sunday before the manifestation. And I can only think, again, that God just has a sense of humor about testing our faith. Because, again, if New Year's Eve had been on a Wednesday, New Year's Day on a Thursday, we'd had a couple of days to at least wrap our heads around some things before we'd have to stand before you and all be together again with questions that don't have answers. But we barely survived just the last night, turn of the New Year's, and then all of a sudden we're here before you and everything's fresh and new and we don't have answers to some of what has or hasn't manifested. And um, that is tough for my flesh because I'm like, God, could you have not just given us a week? Like, you know. But no, he, he, when we spoke about which services to cancel or postpone or whatever, it's like, no, we're going to have New Year's Day. That's, that's appropriate to have. And um, it was going to look very different, in, in all honesty. It was going to look very, very different. Um, things that we were going to be able to show you and have you manifest, have manifested in the human. And, um, but God's given us an opportunity to, uh, again, an opportunity to show greater faith in, uh, in what he's doing. But in chapter 8 of First Kings, it says in verse, uh, I'm going to switch to my, I actually got two strengths, but um, let me switch to these. Oh, Solomon finished making these prayers and requests. I'm actually in the New Living for this particular one. I tend to go back and forth. So I'm sorry, Greg's an ESV guy for church. When Solomon finished making these prayers and requests for the Lord, to the Lord, he stood up in front of the altar of the Lord where he had been kneeling with his hands raised toward heaven. He stood there and shouted this blessing over the entire community. Okay, so he's in front of people when he's doing this. The entire community of Israel. Praise the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel, just as he promised. Not one word has failed of all the wonderful promises he gave through his servant Moses. May the Lord our God be with us as he was with our ancestors. May he never forsake us. May he give us the desire to do his will in everything and to obey all the commands, laws, and regulations he gave our ancestors. And may these words that I have prayed in the presence of the Lord be before him constantly, day and night, so that the Lord our God may uphold my cause and the cause of his people Israel, fulfilling our daily needs. May people all over the earth know that the Lord is God and that there is no other God. And may you, his people, always be faithful to the Lord our God. May you always obey his laws and commands just as you are doing today. And then he began to give this extraordinary sacrifice of uh, many, 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 thousands and thousands of animals. Um, may the Lord our God hear the prayer <coughs> come here, Randy, that we're going to pray of thanks and decree to 
him this morning for who he is, what he has done, what he has spoken he has and will do, and what he will continue to do. May he receive this declaration today, and then may we always honor him and obey him because of who he is. Um, don't be a Thomas, and perhaps, um, I, I hope that the, the heaviness of the beginning didn't, uh, doesn't make that sound hypocritical, but don't ask Jesus to show you something before you believe. Show me, Lord, your feet, your hands. Then I'll believe. You know, Thomas's treasure, Thomas's place in heaven was diminished because of having to have that lens. We have the opportunity to believe to see. Believe God to see. As you believe God, he really does delight in letting us see what we believe him for. And so today is an opportunity, especially today, and and really in the coming hours. See, because we we haven't gotten a no. We haven't gotten a rejection. We haven't gotten a denial. In fact, all we've gotten, which is why I want to smack myself in the head, all we've gotten is confirmations. The building is yours. The building is yours. Alexis, the building is yours. The building is yours. Okay, Alexis, the building is yours. It is the one I declared for you. It's the one I confirmed to you when you first drove in the parking lot. The building is yours. So until it is physically, humanly proven to me that that contract has been rejected, then the building is ours. We have, we have to believe that today. That's what we have to believe. And so I want to believe God and let somebody try to prove me to me that he's not, you know, like let somebody try to work on that end to prove to me that it's not true rather than us have to muster up all kinds of faith to believe what is true. We need to just take God at his word. And, um, and these are things that, you know, in Psalm 103, he knoweth our frame. He, he remembereth that we are dust. You know, uh, my frame, my faith, uh, it, does, it does sometimes falter. And that's where I go before the Lord and I say, Lord, help me in my unbelief. You know, but no matter what, I'm with you. I, I'm with you for you to strengthen my faith. I'm with you to declare I'm certainly, because you know what? If we're not with him, we're against him. If we're against him, we're with the enemy. And I don't want to be there. I don't want to be even in, anywhere near in that ballpark. So it's like, let's just go ahead and decree and declare that we're with the Lord today. And, um, and I want to say that this isn't just about the building. This is about your, even your personal metaphoric building in your life. It's your mountain. It's your challenge. It's your future, your decisions, your future relationships, the, the feeling of a ne- it's never going to work out. All these things that it's, the, it's never going to happen. And well, if it hasn't happened up to this point, it's probably not going to happen. All these things that rush through your mind, whatever age you're at, whatever stage of life you're at, you know, things are never going to get better. Um, you know, I don't care how old you are, how young you are, how old you are. We are a church that God has called to defy human logic. Um, it's just, so, so any limitation you have, I mean, like I said a million times, I, the I can'ts in going to Africa were just stacked high and would have been very legitimately so. My sister that I hadn't seen in a while just said to me, she says, you know, you need to get a t-shirt that says, God took this to Africa. <laughs> because, you know, like everything about me screams, I can't do that. And so don't limit God, you know, like, and, and I know that for some of you that, that it isn't as intimidating to, to go overseas, it's quite that far away and in the, that environment, maybe that doesn't speak to you. But for me, it's both volumes. 
So whatever your I can't is, whatever your I'm not sure God will do, or whatever limitation you think you have. But Lord, you know I can't, I can't do that because it's limitation physically or the limitation financially. God, you can't ask that of me. You know my finances. You know my body. You know my mind. You know I have dyslexia. You're asking me to do that? Don't do it. Just don't do it. Where uh, Greg, Greg said yesterday, no, when he was feeling better, which would have been the day before yesterday, he said, I, no, maybe he said it at the meeting. He said, I'm so far out on a limb, there aren't any more, there's no more limb left. He's just dangling in midair. And, and I just love <coughs> that. He says that and he, he lives to tell about it. Because, you know, a lot of people, um, they won't even climb up half the tree, much less get out on the limb. So I'm so thankful for him. And please pray for him. Um, sadly, I feel like his affliction had to be that bad for God to just get me here. Because that's how hard it was for me. To in normal cases, I would have stepped up, but God needed to break something in me this morning, and um, you know, and uh, so again, you know, we need to be willing. Thank you for Brooke for stepping up and encouraging the group, and you know, we do. We need to step up. Uh, we are. We're not. We're not. We don't want to be a church where you can rely on the leadership to just get the sales going. We are only vessels through which God works, and you need to look at the same way. Youth group, if you look to Peter, if Peter goes through a crisis in any way, or even lets you down in any way, God will never let you down. Peter's a vessel. He's a surrendered vessel. But he's also a human being. Same with Lindsay. If you, don't, if you start following Peter, you're in trouble. Because God wants you to follow him. And it's so important. That's where churches get so whacked out. They're only as strong as their pastor. Oh, I haven't, uh, we'd never want that to be said about Ignition. We will be as strong as our God. As strong as our God. And that's why we believe in transparency, you know? And, and it doesn't mean you have to ride roller coaster rides with what we're going through. But, um, but I, and I wouldn't have said this online this morning. But I just, I just thought, you know, I just got to be real. Because this is a unique situation. Um, but, uh, but every single one of you, um, you, you let God just be a vessel through which you can. Um, the, the God can work and... Uh, but we need to decree and declare. And I know you God's already told her what to do. So thank you. I don't have a way of confirming stuff, you know, when you step up here. Um, like, like Alexis, and I guess like most of us here, we've been struggling with stuff that God showed us. And not everyone knows everything that God has shown us. And one of the things that he said to me last night when I was fussing with him, he said, Are you Thomas? Are you Thomas? Why are you doubting me? And I have to stop and say, okay, Lord, forgive me. And I pray, and, you know, I ask for forgiveness. But one of the things that he also said to me, he said, stop, and this was at midnight. And he said, 2006 is gone. All things have passed away. And this is not only for salvation. All things have passed away. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. I'm doing a new thing. And what's the new thing? We, we, we can't see it yet. We don't know it yet, but he's doing something new in each and every one of us. And you reminded me of this story I heard, and I know we've been telling stories today, but it is a good day for telling stories because it's a brand new day, and I love stories. You reminded me of this story, I don't know if you heard about it before, but it was this, this wealthy man that he was really wealthy. His son went off to college, and he asked his son, what did he want for, for graduation? He said he wanted this expensive car. And the father said, okay, the father was a... He was a um, uh, very strong believer. So when the son came home from graduation, he handed his son a package. And the son opened the package, 
and in the back it was a Bible. So he got ticked off and he threw the Bible back at his father and he left. And he hadn't spoken to his father. He went off, got married, had kids, and hadn't spoken to his father in 10 years. And the father got sick and died. So when he came home now to take care of the father's business, and he went through and he saw it, the same Bible that his dad gave him, sitting on the shelf. When he opened the Bible, there was a letter from the father telling him how much he wanted him. And I'm choking up because this is, and I know we all want to see God do this kind of stuff in our lives. The father wrote him a letter saying, I wanted you to know the God that I serve and how much I love you and I wanted to give you everything that you asked for. And in the Bible, in the letter, was the key to the car that he asked for. And the Lord reminded me, dig into my word so you know exactly what I have in store for you. Look into my word because his word is going to get us exactly where we need to be and give us exactly what we need. We need that building. We don't need that building for us. We need that building to do what God is calling us to do. You know, as Alexa said, we are a few people in a, in a home. What are we going to do with a, I don't even know how many square foot is that building. It's huge. <laughs> it overwhelms me every time I drive past there and I look at it and I say, you know, God, what are you doing? <laughs> it's big. It's big. And, and you know, yes, we go in there, we may take up like a little tiny spot if it's just us here. But God knows that once we get in there, then we won't be able to contain what, you know, what he can do in, in that building. We wouldn't be able to, but what we need to do is just search his word. Talk to him. Pray. Worship. And I strongly believe that, that worship and praise would break anything in our lives. No matter what it is, no matter what we're going through, no matter what we're struggling with, God have it. He have it in control. He didn't bring us this far to just drop us and say, okay, now take care of yourself. No parent do that to their children. None. When we're children, I don't care how old your kids are because I still watch over her. When she's gone and I can't find her, I, I look all over the place to find her. But that's what God does. He searches out when we, you know, when we, when we are going astray. He wants us to be where we want, where He wants us to be. And like I mentioned to Alexis this morning, this may be a little detour. We're not, we're not off target. It may be a little detour that God said, okay, let me see what you're going to do. Let me see how strong you believe me for this building. I'm going to take you around 26273 so I can bring you back to Mars Rose. Are you going to trust me to take you on the long run? I'm strengthening your, your muscles, your faith muscles to get you there. I'm strengthening your hope that you can hang on to me when you can't see anything. You can hold on tight to see, you know, what I'm going to do. Are we ready to go on that journey? Are we ready to hang on to God and no matter what it looks like? As, as the things Joseph has said, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. I'm going to hold on so tight that you know you're going to you're going to drag me no matter where you're going. I'm going to go because I'm in for the long haul. I'm in for the for the ride. That no matter where you take me, I'm going. Sometimes you just got to close your eyes and just go on for the ride. It may not be easy, and it's never easy. I don't care who tells you that you know once you become a Christian it's easy. It's not because the enemy knows that you know once you hang on to God. That's when he's going to send his, his, his hugest artillery to get you. To just knock you out. But we got to stand for him. We got to stand for him and know that God is able to do anything that we want that we want in our lives. And then in your own life, because we are here for a purpose. This church is here for a purpose. And not only us in here that's heard prophecy about this church. You've got many prophecies of what God wants to do in this church. And the people that are here. Okay? <coughs> And I'm going to pray for us this morning. 
And not only for, I want to pray just for me this morning because I was struggling really hard this morning also. Really hard. And I know we all are. We all have been in a place, you know, where we want to see God do something. You know, where is it, Lord? As I'm saying, where is it? Where is it? When? And questions are good. I know questions are good. You know, there's no stupid question when it comes to God. That he's there to answer all of them. You know, if you will listen keenly to what he's saying to us and what he wants us to do. Amen? Father, we thank you this morning, God. We praise you for your goodness, Lord God. You are faithful in all your ways. You are good, good Father. You are good Lord. You are good Savior. And we thank you, God, that we can trust you today. This is a brand new year, Lord. And God, you reminded me that it's the year 2017. And God, the number 17, the number 7, actually, is a, is a number of completion, Lord. It's a good number, God, when it comes to you, because that's when you do everything good. That's when you, you do everything right. Not that you don't do everything right, God, but God, you give us more than we can ask of, my God. So we ask you today, Lord God, that you, Lord God, be the one, my God, that will carry us, my God. Give us a spirit of praise, my God, for the spirit of heaviness, oh Lord, that's in our hearts today. And God, this is a year, Lord God, that we look to you and you alone. That we're going to trust you and you alone, God. Our hope is in no one else but you today, Lord. And God, we have no place else to go. We have no one else to trust. We have no one else that we can cling to but you today, Lord. So we trust you, God. And we decree today, Lord God, that we are, we are not going to move. We're going to stand firm in what you told us. We're going to stand firm, my God, in knowing, oh Lord God, that you will deliver. That you are going to do what you said that you're going to do, Lord. God, who else can we trust? There's no one else that we can trust but you today, Lord. There's no one else that we can hold on to but to you. So our hope is in you today, God. Our faith, my God, is in you, Lord God. God, I, if, if like I said to you, Lord, my God, if I don't have faith now, God, if we don't have faith now as a church, Lord God, God, there's nothing else that, 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 that we can do. We can't do this without you. We don't want to go anywhere without you. We don't want to be any place without you, Lord God. Our life, my God, is totally yours. It's totally yours today, Lord God. And God, is, as, as we begin this new year, Lord, God, it is so ironic that the new year fall on a day, God, when we can remember your sacrifice for us, Lord. When we can remember, Lord God, of what you've done for us, Lord God. The very first day of the year, Lord, God, we give it to you. We give it to you, God. We give everything, my God, that we have to you today, Lord. This year, God, is yours. Our lives are yours, Lord. This church is yours, and that there's nothing that we will do, God, unless you say so. There's nothing that we want, Lord, unless you give it to us, Lord. So we decree today, Lord, that we're going to stand. When all else fails, God, we're going to stand. Because our trust is in you and our hope is in you, Lord. That you are going to do what you said you're going to do, Lord. God, I remember your word that said, is anything too hard for me? God, and no one else could have answered that question because you are God. And you answered yourself and you said, there's nothing that's too hard for me. So God, whatever is hard in our lives today, Lord, God, you are able. Whatever we're struggling with today, God, you are able. Whatever, my God, that we, that we, that we discourage today, God, you are able. Greg being sick today, God, you are able. You know exactly why you have him on, that, on his back today, Lord. But God, you are able to raise him up. You said you were going to heal him, but you are able to raise him up. You are able, my God, to even pour into him, my God, as he lay there before you today, Lord God. You were able to give him, my God, visions and dreams, my God, and God, the next step that he needs to take, Lord. When he get up from that bed, my God, and he'll be ready, my God, to run like you told us. And we should be get, we should be ready to run, Lord. 
God, we know, God, that you can speak to him now, Lord. That you can raise him up, my God, oh God, and I believe, Lord. That even when Alexis and, and, and the family get back home, my God, maybe me making lunch for them, Lord. God, I pray that you will do marvelous things, my God, in each and every one of us. We know, God, there is the, there is, there is, there is many in this church, my God, is waiting for healing. God, you are the healer, you said it. You said it, my God, it's your word. Your word, Lord God, has said that you are our healer, Lord. You are the one, my God, that can turn any situation around, Lord. And God, we're trusting in you. We have no one else to turn to. Doctors don't know what's going on. In many of the situations, Lord God, the doctors can't, can't pinpoint why. It, what's happening is happening, Lord God. And God, we believe that you are the answer, my God, to every situation that we have. Every healing that's needed in this church, God, you have. And God, you promise us, my God, that your spirit is going to fall on us, God. And I believe, Lord, that when that happens, Lord God, there will be no more sickness in this church. No one else will be sick. In here, Lord, because your spirit will be here, my God, to deliver us, my God, from everything that we struggle with right now, Lord. And God, we speak that, my God, in the air right now, God, so the enemy can know, Lord, that we, oh Lord God, are trusting in you, that our hope is in you, our faith is in you, Lord God, and there's no one else, my God, nothing, oh Lord, that can rip us up that we may falter at times, Lord. But God, I pray, Lord God, that you will forgive us. Forgive us, my God, for those, those times, God, where we don't believe you. Forgive us for those times where we struggle with our belief system, Lord God. But God, we thank you that you are God. That said in your word, my God, and the righteous man falls every time, but he gets back up. We don't stay up, Lord. You don't allow us to stay up, Father. And we thank you for that. Thank you for your spirit, my God, and encourage us, my God, to continue this journey, Lord. And God, we know the journey can get really hard sometimes, Lord. But God, we know, Lord, that God, you are the strength that we need. You are the strength, God, and you said it, Lord, it's not by might, it's not by power, it's by your spirit, my God, is going to get us to where we need to be. And we're trusting in you, God. We're trusting in that spirit, my God, that's going to help us to lean heavily on you today, Lord. Knowing, oh Lord God, that you are. You are the truth that we need, Lord God. You are the, the everything that we need today, Lord God, to get what you need to get in us, Lord God, to get us where we need to be, Lord God. Oh God, so we, so you can be glorified, Lord. This life that we live, my God, is not our own anymore, Lord. It's not for us, Lord God, it's to bring you glory. And so that others can see you, my God, in us, Lord. So others can read, my God, everything that you've placed in us, oh Lord God, and they can be encouraged also, my God. And they, we may not have to say one word, Lord God, but God, and they will know. They will know that there's something in us, my God, and they want to they wanna know about, Lord God, and God will be able to tell them, Lord God, when the question is asked, Lord. So God, cover us today. Protect us today, Lord. Let us leave this place, my God, with joy in our hearts, my God, knowing that we serve a God of the impossible. Knowing that we serve a God of joy. Joy, unspeakable joy, my God, and we thank you for that. We thank you, my God, that you will help us to put our emotions aside, my God, because, Lord, we know, God, that happiness is a choice, but joy comes from you, Lord. And help us, my God, to choose today, Lord God, to be happy, Lord. Help us to choose today, God, to lift you up. Help us to choose today, my God, to give you the praise that you deserve because you deserve it. You woke us up this morning. You got us here today, Lord God, so we can give you glory. And we can give you honor, Lord God, and help us to leave this place, my God, knowing, oh Lord, God, that you have not left us, you have not forsaken us, that you are still, my God, the God, that we look to, my God, for all that we need today, Father. We thank you. We thank you for what you're going to do, Lord. We thank you, my God, for the gifts that you've given us thus far, God, and you've given us plenty, my God, in 2016. God, we may not remember them all, God, but help us to remember, Lord God, help us to look back, my God, and see what you have done, my God, thus far, Lord God, and God, there's many more to come, Lord. So we thank you and we praise you for all that you're going to do, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.